Welcome to the First Baptist Church podcast from First Baptist Church in Navasota, Texas. For more information, visit fbcnavasota.org. I was watching Ross up here a few minutes ago as he was sharing with our little boys and girls. And this is a really, really, really alive group of little boys and girls. Really. So Paul and Heron, I am praying for you with your eldest daughter. Stu, you and Lauren, your youngest daughter is a wonderful piece of work. And, And guys, listen, the really cool thing is when we see these little boys and girls not just hear it up here, but get it right here, it is life transforming. And as Gordon was talking about this lady that he had a chance to share with this this past week, somewhere along the line she may have heard the story about, about God's love for her. It went in here, but it didn't get to here. Guys, listen to me. The difference between this is the sermon before the sermon, okay? The difference between church that we are, are, gonna, are, are here in a church building. The difference between church being the body of Christ is when you become a child of God. That it doesn't end up coming in here and you become religious. It comes in here and you become like Him. That only comes through Jesus Christ. Now, I share that with you because I could leave it at that But what Randy just shared a moment ago is an opportunity for you and me to talk to a person that could be like that lady that that Gordon talked to who didn't hear it or hear it enough as a little boy or girl to get it. That's what Upward really is. Now, I know what you're thinking. It's basketball, Clyde. Listen, every time I've coached Upward basketball, I kept score in my head. I know you're not supposed to, and I know everybody's a winner. No, they're not. I keep score, okay? I want my team to win. Amen? Y'all are a bunch of liars. Everybody out here wants to win. I want to win, don't you? Heck yeah. And as I'm sitting there trying to teach little boys and girls who are happy to be alive, And happy to be out there playing. And then they get to learn that God loves them too. Let me tell you what. My winning doesn't compare to God winning their hearts. And so guys, I will encourage you as a church family. If we're going to do upward, we need to get busy and do upwards. Here's what's going to happen. Next Sunday morning, there's going to be a table right out here. And there will be an opportunity. There will be a person that will be sitting there. And they will not be hawking you to come sign up for Upward. One of the things you've got to do right now is pray about it and see if God wants you in it. Because you don't want to be in it unless God wants you in it. But if God wants you in this, you need to be in it. And you need to be in it today. So next Sunday, we're going to go ahead and have that out there. And you'll have a chance to sign up as a coach, as a prayer warrior, as a person that will work in in the kitchen as somebody that will just stand out there and greet people. I've shared with you again, Hollis Hood gift 
from God is the ability to greet people. He just sits there and shakes hands with them. It's a gift from God. And I hope that God will use you. Now that was the sermon before the sermon. It didn't have anything to do with what we're talking about this morning. We're going to go ahead and share together um, something that happens to me when I, when I come into a church building. Let me ask you a question this morning. Are you hungry right now? Are you hungry? Okay. There are some honest people that are actually nodding their heads yes. The worst thing about going to a worship service in the morning is around 11.14, your stomach starts making noises. It is the alarm clock saying, I'm ready to eat. Can we please get this guy off there and get him to pray so we can get on to, and then you name the place of choice, your own home, Lacassie, wherever it is that you're going to eat. And as we're sitting there doing that, as I'm talking about it right now, some of you all are now aware that you're having hunger pains. That's not fair, is it? Jesus talked to to a group of folks about food right after they had just shared the biggest meal of their life. He talked to them about food, not before when they were hungry, but after they had been fed. And it's found in John's Gospel, chapter 6. I'm going to invite you to stand for the honor of reading God's Word together. We do this to go ahead and honor God as we read His holy and perfect Word. Read with me. Jesus answered them and said, Truly, truly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not work for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on Him the Father, God, has set His seal. Therefore they said to Him, What shall we do so that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in Him who He has sent. And so they said to Him, What then do you do for a sign, so that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, He gave them bread out of heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread out of heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread out of heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down out from heaven and gives life to the world. And then they said to him, Lord, always give us this bread. Jesus said to them, I'm the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger. And he who believes in me will never thirst. May God bless the reading of His Word. Please be seated. Do you know where this is found in the Scripture? This is right after the feeding of the 5,000. Guys, listen. The feeding of the 5,000 was not 5,000 people total. The only people that really counted in those days, and, and please hear what I'm going to say. This is not sexist. This isn't gender identification. This is the way the Bible said these folks were numbered. It says that they fed 5,000 men. Now you had women and children in addition. And here is a little boy who happens to be there. And he has a lunch. 
That's all it is. Two little dinky fish and, and loaves of bread. That's all he has. And Andrew, by the way, the disciples have different characteristics. Andrew is an interesting guy. You always hear of Andrew bringing somebody to Jesus. And so Andrew is bringing this little kid with this little bitty lunch, and he comes up and he says, Lord, you know, it's getting towards dinner time, and there are all these people here, and they're hungry, and they want to be fed, and there's, we could work for a year. All of the disciples, we could work for a year and not earn enough money to go and feed, feed them just one bite. How are we going to feed these folks? And Andrew comes up and says, well, we do have this little kid that has a lunch. Now, can you imagine being that little kid? It's mine. It's mine. Get away, Andrew. And Jesus said, tell you what we're going to do. Sit everybody down, and I'll handle this. After the feeding, after everyone is fed, and the Bible says they're fed to fullness, they're not just simply fed, and I got one bite. I got all I could want. Then Jesus begins to speak these words that John writes down. He says to them, you seek me because you want to be fed and you want your belly full. But God has more than just that for you. You see, food, the food that Jesus is talking about here, the literal food that you and I put in our mouth, food is a gift from God. Jesus is referencing the story in the Bible of the feeding of the freed Jewish slaves that, were, that had left Egypt and were in the wilderness. And these people were hungry, they were thirsty, and they constantly complained to Moses. Moses was at the point where he was about ready to look for another job. And God provides a great gift. Manna from heaven. So let me ask you a question this morning, church. This is a rhetorical question. This is not one you need to answer. Okay? If you answer this, you might be embarrassed. Here's the question. Why do you eat? Why do you eat? Most of us would say we eat because we have to eat in order to stay alive. Some of us may be alive the way I'm looking. We may be alive for years and years and years. For some folks, it's a habit. Some, it's an obsession. Some, it's recreation. Some, it's entertainment. And some, it's just for pure enjoyment. Now look, God wants food to be more than just filling. He wants it to remind you and me of Him. Because He's jealous like that. Food. How many of you all in here, serious, this is a serious question. How many of you all in here will eat beets? Come forward and be saved, all right? There's something wrong with you. Beets? No. How many of you all eat okra? I'm going to become a Methodist, all right? They are, they, no, they don't. No, they, they, the reason I ask these questions is those are two foods that I would never voluntarily put in my mouth. And yet they are a gift from God. And God wants what we are going to be facing in about an hour 
on a plate, he wants us to give thanks for that. And not just one of these things where we can just perfunctorily say, God, thank you for this food. Amen. So I can eat. He wants us to be thankful for the food that he has given because it is a gift from God to you and me. It is his gift. And then Jesus, as he's teaching these folks that have eaten this tremendous meal, he begins to say, but it's not just the food that you put in your mouth. There's something more. You've been seeking me out because you knew I would feed you at this moment. You would have bread and fish in your stomach, but that's not why I'm here. No, instead, why do you eat? God wants you to give glory to Him because He is jealous like that. In everything that He gifts us with, He wants us to point ourselves back to Him as the giver. And guys, listen. A gift is to be cherished and enjoyed, not wasted or abused. So I have another question for you. How many of you all in here, at one time or another, had somebody say to you, finish everything on your plate, there are starving children in, hold on, Africa, China, India or Branham? How many of y'all had that, all right? Yeah, you had that. People would say to you, finish your food. Now, that's a great thing because you want to go ahead and not waste what God has given you as a gift. That's pretty clear. When Jesus fed the 5,000 men and others, it was a miracle that got lost in the satisfaction of a full stomach. And some decided to hang around Jesus just for the graft what they could get only. Now these were the ones that he mentioned in verse 26. Each gift God gives should be cherished from your job to your family to your home to your car, even the food you're going to eat this afternoon. The result is that you should spend the majority of your time, listen to me, not enjoying the food. The majority of our time that we spend ought to be thanking God for all of the things that He has given us throughout our life instead of complaining. Well, I didn't get the last piece of pie. My mom made a champion pecan pie. She had a recipe that she got from her mom. This thing won blue ribbons in Kentucky. It won one in Dallas. I have the recipe. Have you ever gotten a cherished recipe from somebody who could really cook and you cook it and it doesn't taste the same? Have you ever had that happen? Isn't that frustrating? What in the world? I used every ingredient that I'm supposed to. Listen, my mom used to make the pecan pie and my dad and my sister and I would jockey for position. We'd get one piece at meal, okay? My dad was a dentist. You didn't eat more sweets than that. One. That's it. I would sneak in there and eat another piece. And then I would wake up early the next morning and sneak another piece. My mom would open there and see that there are now three pieces of pie with four hungry people. She probably knew what happened. She probably knew. And I watched her many times say, you all go ahead, I don't need it, it's fattening. I'm going to share with you this. Never thank God for the fact that my mom thought she was getting fat by eating the piece of pecan pie that I had scarfed. 
giving thanks to God for the many gifts He has given you doesn't just include what you and I are going to put in our mouths in just a few minutes. He talks about a spiritual food that is one that will keep you full past dinner time. That you and I are to cherish the gift that God has given us. And look, he, he then, as he's talking about this shift from food in your mouth to spiritual food, he talks about something else. He said, look, some of you remember that Moses was the one that asked God on your behalf to give you food while you're out in the wilderness. Here are the, here are the Jews, they've gotten away from Yule Brenner and Pharaoh, and they're coming out into the wilderness. And as they're coming out, that's a joke, folks. Think about it later. You'll get it. And as they come out, and they're in the wilderness, they're hungry, and they have nothing to eat. And as they get out there, they start fussing to moat. We would be better off being back in as slaves than being out here starving to death. And Jesus makes a point when he's talking to these folks with full stomachs and says this, Moses didn't give you a thing. Moses never gave you a single bite. Don't look to man for the answers to problems because God has the answer. We live in a culture right now that wants to look to man and to government and to someone else to solve every problem, to give them everything that they need. From a free cell phone all the way to every other convenience and not necessity. But every other convenience that will make me like everyone else. Guys, listen to me. I want you to take a look at your shoes right now. If you're not wearing shoes this morning, that's okay. Look at them. Go look at them right now. There they are. Those things are going to eventually decay and rot. They are eventually going to be gone. They will wear out. You will outgrow. You all will outgrow them. They will be of no use to you anymore. Only God can put in you something that will last. Put on you something that will last. Only God. Not man. Don't look to man to solve the problems of your life because the ultimate problem solver is Jesus Christ who came and died to solve the biggest problem you and I will ever face and that is sin that has separated us from God. And the only man, the only man that has ever solved that problem is the man Jesus who was also God's own son at the very same time. And His death on the cross in your place and mine, solved our problem. Don't look for man to solve the problems in your life. God alone has that answer. I want you to go ahead and look at, when you get a chance to, this is homework, in Exodus 16. Don't do that right now, but, but look there. That's the story of, of the people of Israel out in the middle of the wilderness. They're hungry. They want something to eat. Please give us something to eat. And they end up you, you know the story, right? You know the story. They get out there and they start grumbling and, and complaining. And what ends up, how does God deliver the goods? Somebody be a Bible hero and, and shorten the sermon here. How did God deliver the goods? Yeah, they wake up 
and on the ground is manna, bread, right? It's on the ground. There it is. Now, did your mama ever, remember we talked about, did your mama ever tell you to finish your plate? Did your mama ever say, don't eat food that's already hit the floor? And you have, the, the guys, we have a five-second rule, right? Okay, if, it's, if you can pick it up before five seconds, you can still put it in your mouth, okay? God doesn't have a five-second rule. The manna that was on the ground, Israel got up in the morning and they went, ooh, food. And they went out there and they gathered it and they ate to their fill. And then some of them ended up taking some of that bread and stashing it away. You remember what happened to the bread that was stashed away? What happened to it? It spoiled. It was nasty to the point. And the, the, the wonderful Hebrew word there is it got so bad that when you see it, it would be the, the, the view of going, ooh, 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 that kind of spoiled. Listen to me, church. God wants to surprise you. Let Him surprise you by His gifts. Be like the Israelites who wake up in the morning and go, Look! Look at that! And I'm not talking about Christmas morning, look at that. I'm talking about look at what God... Let God open your eyes to His many good gifts that He has given you. Sit for a minute and think about what He has given you. He gives you internal, spiritual food to grow you past what you are. It wasn't just bread, by the way. If you read in Exodus 16, it was water and it was birds. It's a balanced diet. You had protein, you had bread, you had water. Everything that a person needs to go ahead and travel from here all the way to Waco. That's how far Israelites had to go in order to go ahead and get to the promised land. It took them 40 years. I don't care who you are. I dare to say most of us could find Waco in 40 years. Not that you'd want to, but you could if you had to. Just teasing Baylor folks. Judy, just kidding, just teasing, just kidding. You could go ahead and make sure that you got to the right place. The gift of God was that He ended up taking that people to a place that He had promised them. It took them a while to give thanks. When Jesus spoke to these folks, He wanted them to understand that in the midst of these bitter words that they had about being hungry, complaining so much, God delivered the groceries. Now for some folks, they, they would see that is, as the idea that the more I complain, the more I will get. And this kind of attitude is both sinful and selfish. It's not what God wants. God wants to move you by His Holy Spirit to a different place than that. Be surprised by God this week. Allow Him to surprise you in the things that He has provided you. And the guys want you to do something. Once you see these things and you've kind of become spiritually aware of them, I want you to do something that so many folks don't do. Give thanks. Say thank you. Parents, let me ask you a question. Did you ever have a time where your kid, you, you, know, you teach them to say thank you, yes ma'am, no, no ma'am, yes sir, no sir, that deal, and then all of a sudden, 
out of the blue, usually in their teenage years, they're going along and you do something and it's become a rote deal. I'm just providing for my child. I'm doing what I can. And then as you do that, they say, well, thank you. And you stopped. That ever happened to any of you all? And you went, it's working. It was worth the investment. Imagine how God feels when He has given you the gift of food, the gift of of a job, the gift of all the things in your life, the gift of His Son, Jesus Christ, and you finally go, whoa, thank you, thank you. Surprise God this week. Say thank you in a place other than at the dinner table. Take some time to go ahead and give thanks to Him. Because it is about the giver and not the gift. This is the ultimate goal God has. To view Him as the author of all of the things in your life. That's His ultimate goal. is for you and I to see that He is the one that starts and finishes everything that goes on in our lives. So why do you seek God? Is it insurance against what might happen? Is it tradition? Is it expectation? Is that why you seek God? Is that why you're here this morning? God, I want to share with you that God is bigger than that. You see, you and I start out our relationship with God getting things. Just like any new baby. And this isn't fair to do, but you all have got the newest baby here, so there you go. Just like any new baby, they have very little to offer except being yours and demanding an awful lot. Why do you keep them around then? Don't want to answer that one, do you? Well, you keep them around because they are a gift of God and because they're kind of cute. And at some point, you want the child out of diapers and eating solid food. You want them to get a job. You want them to move on. And you want them to move out. Can I get an amen? Thank you. Jay, you shortened the sermon by five minutes right there. You want them to grow up. And growing up in God means that you change into something that more resembles Him. The ultimate goal in your life is to let God recreate you, transform you into His image. And guys, listen to me. That means that when Jesus was speaking to those folks that were gathered around after this big meal, and He said, I can give you food that will last you past the next meal, it means you learn that God wants you to be a giver like Him, not just a getter like we are. If you're here this morning and you have yet, as Gordon shared a moment ago, you have yet to say, I will invite Christ to come in. Listen. You don't invite Christ in to become a Baptist. You don't invite Christ in to become a better person. You invite Jesus into your life. Listen to me. So He can change and transform you. Forgive your sin. And begin to create you slowly but surely to be like Him. Not like somebody in a suit. Not like another church member, but to be like Jesus. 
And if you haven't done that yet, the good news is that God is right now waiting for you. The good news is, folks, He wants you to grow to be a giver too. Verse 35, Jesus takes the discussion away from hunger and food for your body and makes it into a spiritual feast. And He tells the disciples, those gathered, that God alone can keep them full. You know, it's kind of like what Forrest Gump said when, when he, he gave the money to Lieutenant Dan and Lieutenant Dan invested in Apple. And he said, you know, and then I had all the money I needed. One less thing to worry about. You see, when you and I trust God, He takes not only who we are, where we are, but He begins to transform us into what He is and where He wants us to be. So let me ask you a question, church. You hungry? I am. I'm hungry for God to fill me with His Holy Spirit and with food that will last me the rest of my life. And it only comes by letting Him into your life right now. Pray with me.